0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Meet Me Downstairs. I'm your host and fellow mom, Britt, and I'm very excited to be sharing this stage with you. We are going to get real and honest about the different dimensions of postpartum life. We are going to be joined by a mixture of moms and experts in the field to discuss things like getting back into the actual act of sex with your partner, reawakening the joy of intimacy within yourself, the identity shift of motherhood, different ebbs and flows of relationships, and everything else in between. This podcast is dedicated to moms and our core purpose is to make sure that we are always honoring the woman within the mother. This forum is a place for us just to get together and discuss topics that may not be so easy to do in everyday life. So without further ado, let's get to it and I'll meet you downstairs. It's Monday, which means it's new episode day, my favorite day of the week these days. Um, Also, how many times can I say day in like five seconds? Anyways, besides the point, today's episode is about pelvic floor. And if I could do a sound effect for a halo, I would do it. It's a, a really informative episode. So it's, it's less about storytelling, actually, and just really more about information and giving you facts and stuff like that. So it's a little bit of a different flow, but it's amazing. And we are joined by Jasmine Evelyn. She is a Barbadian um, pelvic floor physio. She's also a yoga teacher and just like an all-round, like really glowing human being. So I'm actually so grateful because I, in my journey, I didn't even think there was a pelvic floor physio on the island, which is where we live. So like for my foreign listeners, I'm based in Barbados. um, And I didn't think this existed. So she actually found me. Um, and told me about what she was doing. She knew that I was starting this podcast and I was so grateful to her. So we kind of like had a discussion about it and um, I invited her to be a guest on the podcast. So this is such a wonderful episode and for all of the listeners and moms who are in Barbados, I really highly encourage you to check her out. She has a wealth of information. It's really vital information. And um, I'm just grateful to her. Like if you listen to this episode... She gives you tips. She gives you exercises. You know, she's like really open for you to just call her and she will have a consultation with you over the phone. Like she really just wants to get this information out there to women. And you know what? Men too. um, Because the pelvic floor is important. Uh, So, yes. Yes please enjoy this episode. I will link all of her information in our episode bio and as well on our Instagram page. I'll tag her so that you can always go through and get more. But really looking forward to this. If you know me, you know this information is like right up my alley. It's basically why this podcast was started. So yes, here we go. Pelvic floor prolapse and painful sex. Let's do it. Welcome Jasmine. Hey, hello Brittany, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for being here. I am very much looking forward to our discussion because today we're talking about pelvic floor care. <laughs> so please just introduce yourself, let us know what you do and then we're going to get into the good stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: So I, my name is Jasmine Evelyn and I basically am the founder of Mindful Movement which is a pelvic health physiotherapy practice and a yoga practice as well. Um, so I am a physio and a yoga teacher um, who specifically works with um, pelvic floor dysfunction. And, you know, most people hear pelvic health and they think women treat treatment and women. Uh, aside from that, I love to dance. Um, right now I do just ballet because of time I used to do other uh, genres before and yeah that's just me basically awesome that sounds pretty good yeah. <laughs> um maybe
0: we can just start off by just like explaining what a pelvic floor
1: physio is okay. and does okay so um a pelvic floor physio is a regularly like, outpatient physio so your pay- physio that you will go to for like knee pain back pain shoulder pain etc but what they've done they've done extra training to be able to treat to diagnose and manage um the muscles joints and nerves of the pelvis right so it's kind of like how you have physios who would specialize in sports you have physios who specialize in amputation stuff like that it's basically like a little specialty. Awesome. And
0: then I think it would just be really helpful to just talk about maybe some of the benefits, you know, for women about Mm -hmm. just caring for your pelvic floor, because really, honestly, I didn't really know about this before getting well, actually, after having my baby, I'm seven months postpartum. And you know, I was experiencing quite a lot of pain in my pelvic floor, especially when it came to sex. And we'll get into that stuff later. But it wasn't until I started doing research that I even found out that there was such thing as a pelvic floor physio. So perhaps you can just give us like a little bit of an idea on the benefits that um just pelvic floor care can Mm -hmm. be on just
1: women in general yeah so maybe first of all I will just explain the pelvic floor and that will kind of help us to understand why it's important to care for it so yes please uh, the pelvic floor if you uh maybe pause the podcast uh persons who are listening and you peep at the pelvis like a bony pelvis you will notice that it's just like a always say a bucket without a bottom but your pelvis actually has to hold your for women your uterus your bladder um your like your your pelvic organs bowel etc when you think about the fact that everything has to stay in there without coming out there has to be something at the base of your pelvis that keeps everything up now granted these um organs are connected to the pelvis by ligaments, but the pelvic floor muscles actually help to give them extra lift and support, right? So your pelvic floor muscles will support the organs in your uh, pelvis. So that's one reason why we need to take care of them to make sure that the support there is um, strong enough so that we don't end up having things like pelvic organ prolapse, which I guess we'll talk about later. So your pelvic muscles, pelvic floor muscles support the organs they also support the joints in your pelvis so your pubic symphysis at the front which is kind of like um your pubic bone there where those two bones come together at the front and also the bones in the back the joints they help to support those so you want those joints to be they're inherently stable but the pelvic floor muscles provide extra support so that's why when women are pregnant and you find that it's more relaxing they will kind of have like pubic symphysis pain or SA joint pain where they're walking and they start to like waddle because they're having some little extra movement happening at the pelvic joint. So there's another reason why it's important to look after those muscles. They also help to keep us continent. So those pelvic floor muscles wrap around our urethra, which is where we wee from. And they wrap around there by the anus, which is where we stool from. So every day that we laugh, we get up from sitting every day that we sneeze, cough. Those muscles are contracting to stop us from leaking um, stool, to stop us from leaking gas and urine, right? So they're important to maintain continence. So that's another important reason why we should look after them. And they work very closely with our core. So your core includes not only your abdominal muscles, which people, most people know about, but they include your back muscles and your pelvic floor.
0: You know, I think as well, you know, this podcast is really focusing on women and, and, and postpartum, yeah. but your pelvic floor and well, really your body changes so much during pregnancy. And there's yeah. also a surge in hormones, which help to the help allow your muscles to relax in order to expand. Mm-hmm so maybe we can talk a bit about how that can affect your pelvic floor I think you you sort of mentioned it a little bit just now Mm -hmm, as well mm -hmm. actually yeah but yeah
1: so during pregnancy as you mentioned there are hormones relaxing etc that help the ligaments um to relax and create more space in the body especially in the pelvis so it's really meant for the pelvis but obviously it doesn't target only the pelvis but it kind of reduces the tone of those ligaments, et cetera. And so you can have, um, for example, the joints, as I mentioned, at the pubic symphysis, they might move a little bit more. And the reason why, when I say move, I don't want people to get scared and think that there's a huge set of movement happening. But the little bit of movement that does happen can cause pain, right? And so this is why it's important to keep the muscles particularly strong during this time, but obviously there is the fact that these muscles are holding more weight during pregnancy Mm -hmm. so on top of the usual weight of your um bladder and uh, obviously the abdominal uh, weight as well because remember as your abdominal pressure increases it's going to put more pressure on the pelvic floor so now we have more weight because you are carrying a baby. So as the months go by, it's getting heavier and heavier, and it's putting more, almost more strain and more weight on the pelvic floor. So it becomes a little harder for the pelvic floor muscles um, to do their job, basically. Yeah. And it's almost
0: like, you can correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. um, but obviously with the expansion of your body and the separation of your abdominals, the strength in your abdominals is no longer there. So it's almost like your pelvic floor is now compensating for the work
1: that your core was doing. Is that right? Yeah, you could, you could look at it that way. There's still some strength some strength in the abdominal muscles even though they are separating and you can do like gentle core work during pregnancy obviously not crunches and stuff like that but you could do gentle core work but your core and your pelvic floor as I mentioned work together right right so and as you mentioned when we know uh when one system um, there are deficits in one system, the other system is going to try to pick up the slack. Great.
0: Well, what are some things that perhaps we can do during pregnancy that will help to strengthen your pelvic floor? Because I think also, and I, I really want to get into this as well, which is kegels. You hear oh. about this all the time during pregnancy. Do your mm-hmm. kegels, do your kegels, do, do your kegels. And then when you've given birth, Keep doing your kegels, but I think there's a little bit of a misconception there, so perhaps you can shed some light on that as well.
1: Yeah, so kegels are good. I mean, there are persons who will say, Oh, well, doing them before doesn't help, you know, do them after. Um, But the way I look at it is if you do them before, and the same thing goes for persons not changing the topic or anything, but the same thing goes for persons who. Um, are going to have a knee replacement for example we will say do your exercises before the knee replacement so that by the time you have almost injured the muscles during surgery at least there's muscle memory right so if you can do your um kegels during pregnancy remember that when you have a vaginal delivery these muscles are actually being stretched as baby comes out And even if you haven't had a a vaginal delivery and you had a cesarean section, these muscles have been working hard all throughout your pregnancy. So doing the um, pelvic floor contractions or the kegels during pregnancy from um, early pregnancy right throughout can actually help you to create a muscle memory that will make these muscles easier to access and easier to isolate afterwards. But also remember that With any exercise, you also have to be very functional. So, for example, learning Kegels, let's say, lying on your back, doesn't really translate well to when you are standing or sneezing or walking or lifting something. So it's important to maintain general exercise during pregnancy and then include your Kegels in your exercises when possible so let's say you're doing squats you can let's say when you bend your knees and go down is when you will just relax your pelvic floor and then when you stand up is when you can squeeze um, your pelvic floor or do your kegel so you're kind of including the kegels or the pelvic floor contractions with your normal exercise okay
0: great and are there any other exercises that you can do during pregnancy that can help alongside that? Is it
1: like p- pelvic tilts or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. So pelvic tilts are a great one. Um, generally, if if you're a person who has been exercising before you got pregnant, it's good for you to keep up your exercise for as long as you can, right? So remember that there are many uh, benefits to exercising, during pregnancy. It helps with your posture. It helps your body to um, adapt to the changes that are happening week by week, right? And it really allows your body to be quite strong before and after, during, sorry, and after the pregnancy. So let's say you're a person who, and I had this discussion recently at a a prep for birthing class, where one lady said she was doing CrossFit, but she Um, she stopped as soon as she found out she was pregnant no was this necessary not really she could have modified so for example low impact stuff because remember the high impact things will put more pressure again on your abdominal pressure more pressure on your pelvic floor right so during and after pregnancy you want to keep um the exercise kind of low impact so you can modify so not no jumping jacks you can modify jumping jacks and just step out instead Um, you can still do your squats. You can still do light lifting. Um, you can still, if you're a person who does yoga, you can still do yoga, all that stuff. You can still practice, but the rule of thumb when it comes to exercising during pregnancy would be that you should be able to maintain a conversation. So you want to, yes, get your heart rate up and everything, but you should still be able to maintain a conversation. So you still want to be exercising throughout your entire pregnancy If you can, obviously coming on to the end of pregnancy and you're feeling heavier, more uncomfortable, you modify, obviously listen to your body, but that goes for a person who generally exercises. If you're a person who doesn't really exercise and you want to start, not you're pregnant, it's good to start kind of gentle first, definitely under the guidance of somebody, maybe a physiotherapist or a trainer who has, um, who has training uh specific training to work with persons who are pregnant so you asked about um good exercises so pelvic tilts um which would be like laying on your back and arching your back and tucking your tailbone under you can do this uh laying on your back um in the beginning Um, and then you could even as you get heavier you can then do this um sitting on a swiss ball you can do it um on your hands and knees you can do gentle core work um, for example on your hands and knees reaching opposite arm and leg um, you can do lifting your knees up just gently in a table position or hands and knees position to begin to work your core muscles slightly so there are lots of uh, good exercises you can practice especially with um, a ball there's a really nice series on youtube called um, pregnancy unleashed and i usually send this to my um, mummies to be where they could follow along and um, on the stability ball, really good Mm. exercises for core and mobility.
0: Oh, great. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Let's get into what happens during birth.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So during birth, uh, remember the main stage. And you know what? Let's talk about, um, let's say you just gone into labor And I always tell, even in the prepping for birth class, I always talk about practicing beforehand uh, things like relaxation, because if you are um, experiencing pain, which we know will happen during labor, the automatic response is for your body to, you know, become tense and you're tense, not these pelvic floor muscles that we really want to kind of relax a little baby to pass. So I always say, you know, it's good to practice some kind of relaxation techniques uh, with your birthing partner before the big day. So breathing techniques, anything that you think will help you. Breathing is a really good one. Um, Visualization and relaxation, I always say, is something that you have to learn. Uh, So it's not something that you wait till the day of and expect that it's going to happen. Right? Um, so let's say now you're in, you know, stage one and you're relaxing, et cetera. When it comes to the pushing phase now, um, remember you have to push baby through these pelvic floor muscles and it could be a little bit of a controversial topic, but sometimes if you can plan before and practice before different birthing positions, I don't know if Brittany, if you kind of explore that before your delivery
0: Well, I mean, I'll just say this. Um, (laughs) You can have all your plans. Yes. And they can go out the window. Because I did um, (laughs) birthing classes, I did meditations, I did visualizations. I was like, wonderful. I'm going to have my you know I'm gonna start stage one and then I'm gonna you know we're gonna watch a movie on Netflix well my <laughs> contractions are like seven minutes apart listen to music light a candle well when my contractions began at, and went two minutes apart uh-huh. from the very beginning Whoa. <laughs> um shit didn't go how I thought
1: it was gonna go and you know what I always tell moms that you can have a birth plan, but you also have to be very open and flexible.
0: Yes, and so it was. Um, I would say it was really hard for. I mean, I did a lot. I, I mean, I'm a yoga teacher as well, like you. So, I love breathing techniques, and it honestly i couldn't even put those into place until i had an epidural
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like things were so tense my body was so tense it was like a pain like i've never experienced in my entire life and i really i really really tried to relax but i couldn't
1: (laughs) and you know what not to go off topic because we were talking about um about the pelvic floor during labor but there is an um Anesthesiologist here, I don't remember his name, but he speaks to the fact that, you know, pregnant uh, delivery labor is the only um, thing that you go into the hospital and you're expected to be in pain, you know? Yeah, so right. there's no- nothing wrong at all with having an epidural and taking the edge off of your pain to help you relax. And, yeah. it, you know, hearing him talk about it was really eye opening. So, I think that's something to always talk about you know having epidural is absolutely nothing nothing wrong with it
0: yeah I Um, agree mm -hmm. and it's just you whatever makes you feel comfortable in that moment is what matters because I was planning on going in there and doing it completely natural no epidural I did not want that and then after six hours of contractions two minutes apart I said I want the epidural
1: right and there's nothing wrong with that I think you know I women sometimes think oh I said I didn't want to have it and then I had it you know is a letdown Is not mm-hmm. you know and so I think that's important to state um but no in terms of your vaginal delivery mm-hmm. you sometimes you might have um a spontaneous tear yes which I did right or sometimes you might have an episiotomy where the doctor gives you a little snip yeah. and it's important to remember that you have just either torn or had a snip in pelvic floor muscles. So it's kind of similar to if you you know, tore a hamstring or whatever. These are yeah. muscles that have just had a tear, right? Um, the other thing is to also be mindful of things if you have forceps um, intervention or assistance. These things can also put an extra strain on your pelvic floor. Right. Also, the length of time that you were pushing can can affect your pelvic floor and the position so again i'm not 100 percent sure so i know when i did my training my physio training in the nhs they were very i remember when i saw my first um delivery uh the mum was in all fours on the bed right and I'm, that uh-huh. was my birth plan right was to do
0: all fours right and Didn't clinician. happen uh-huh. <laughs> because I ended up getting. I actually ended up having a partial epidural, uh-huh. so I could still feel the contractions because I I wanted to still feel like I had control. Yes. Um. So I did get a partial, which was good because I could still kind of move my legs, but it wasn't in. It wasn't light enough for me to then be able to flip
1: on all fours gotcha gotcha yeah, yeah yeah. so positions can help um gravity and stuff and you know looking also at if you had any specific injuries before your pregnancy or let's say if you had pubic symphysis pain or dysfunction during your pregnancy um there are certain positions that you'll want to avoid and certain positions that might be better so like hands and knees will be better for that and you will want to avoid like a squat now, let us say, and I don't know if I'm moving ahead of you, um, in terms of looking after your pelvic floor, now after you've had uh, delivery. So, two things. After well, had... actually, mm-hmm. maybe
0: before you do that, can we just talk about, um, or maybe you'll cover it now, but about a tear or an episiotomy. Uh-huh. So when that happens, as you mentioned, I, I mean, I didn't even think about it this way that you're Uh ripping or cutting your pelvic pelvic floor floor. muscles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, I mean, is that just a matter of them
1: rejoining or? So they will heal, but, and I guess while we're talking about this, we can also talk about, we could just talk about scars in general, right? Yeah. So you, um, have had an episiotomy or um you've had a spontaneous tear during pregnancy during sorry during delivery um remember that it's going to heal with some degree of scar tissue Mm -hmm. so you might have um, the doctor might give you a few stitches to help that along um, but you have to take care of your scar afterwards so in Mm -hmm. about six weeks or so Um, you can begin to gently massage your scar. You can do it yourself or you can get a loved one or a partner to help you. So if you can imagine, you are going to gently press. So this would be the space between your vagina, your vaginal opening, and your anus, right? So your perineum. Yes, you're going to use your finger and gently press that area to give it a little that stretch be from
0: the, outside, or from the, the outside
1: from the outside from the outside right obviously clean hands um making sure your fingernails are not too long you're gonna give a gentle stretch and this might be very painful or it might be tolerable and i always tell my patients you know how it feels right better than me so a little um pressure as time goes by you can hold that pressure for a little longer so at first you might only be able to tolerate let's say a few seconds but you eventually may be able to tolerate about two minutes or so and after two minutes is when we start to stretch fascia right so fascia is like I always explain as the little when you're cleaning a chicken or fish that little stretchy white bit that will stretch and stretch and stretch right yeah covers muscle casing? yes
0: another way to look at it
1: is like a sausage like that's casing around a sausage precisely and so if you imagine that you only stretch the muscle inside but the casing is still tight you haven't really affected anything you want to stretch the muscle and the casing so you will um stretch for a while and then you can even insert one finger like let's say um since you're doing it yourself it'll probably be your thumb and then you would use your index or middle finger on the outside to gently rub the scar between your fingers can you imagine that? yeah so, sort of yeah so you'll kind of rub it gently just to kind of help the healing process and to help the scar tissue to almost lay down in a direction that will promote the function of the pelvic floor which is to be able to stretch and contract sometimes a sit bath can be very helpful so you can do the massage for your scar after a shower where your muscles will be warmer or you can sit in a warm bath um for about 10 or so minutes before right?
0: right
1: um also on the topic of scars looking after if you've had a cesarean section looking after a cesarean section scar is also very important so massaging the scar touching the scar becoming familiar with the scar sometimes scars hold um a lot of not only physical trauma but also emotional trauma Yeah, And if you can encourage, you know, if I can encourage women to touch the scar, um, because sometimes they don't want to touch it and it becomes very sensitive to clothes, very sensitive, you know, can't really stretch and stuff. And it kind of prevents them from exercising and stuff stuff like that. So if you can get them to really become acquainted with the scar and massage the scar, touch it, make it pliable as much as possible, that helps as well.
0: And then what about, I mean... I wish, like, I wish I knew this information before, (laughs) but I guess, like, this is what, this is what this podcast is all about, about, just trying to share this information, you know, now, but being seven months postpartum and not having done any of that, like, massaging of the perineum and massaging of the scar, and is it
1: too late to start doing that now? It is not too late at all, so... I generally would say after six weeks. But you can can start now and you just be consistent. So you could say, well, during or after my shower, I would gently massage. And usually sometimes the reason why women have pain with sex and surprisingly, um, pain with sex can go on for up to a year in like 24% of women. This is something that can be ongoing. So taking care of your scar is one way remember again think about a hamstring being either torn or stretched sometimes if you overstretch a muscle it heals and it becomes tighter than it was before Mm -hmm. and that tension can then cause pain then when you're trying to remember these muscles have to relax for penetrated sex to occur right So if you have tight muscles and so on in there then sex may be painful afterwards. So exploring your pelvic floor and exploring your body is important. Knowing what your body was like before, knowing what it was like in terms of feeling like and also looking. So looking down there is important. So I usually tell patients who are massaging their scars, look and see what it looks like before you massage it and look and see what it looks like after, right? right. So you want to, seven months postpartum, no way you're not too late at all. Um, You can gently massage your scar um, and you can definitely get good results from doing that. In terms of
0: penetrative sex, because it was very, very painful for me getting Mm -hmm. back into that. And Mm -hmm. my partner, Christian, is actually away right now. So he's been gone for about two months. So we haven't even like it's been an opportunity a, yeah not even had the opportunity and maybe we've tried twice or three times right and it was very very painful I mean we went slow we used lube I was very communicative with him um, which like, is good but what surprised me is that it wasn't so much Sorry if this is like TMI to anybody listening, but I just want I just want to be able to share because I'm sure there's a lot of people share this stuff for sure. Yeah, Um, but it was more the inside, like internally, was where the pain was. It was not on the outside, like the entry, which is where I thought it would have been. It was internally, and yeah. So when it came to like penetrative sex, it was like a big no-no because, Yeah. yeah. So I mean. Is I guess that's where the pelvic floor muscles lie. Yeah, you would yeah. think, yeah, you
1: would think that the scar on the at the entry would hurt right. more. Right. So there are, which that's a really good uh, thing that you brought up. So there are layers to the pelvic floor. So you have the muscles on the outside, the more superficial ones, and you have the deeper pelvic floor muscles. And a good way for you, what you could actually do, um, Brittany, is actually palpate your pelvic floor muscles. So when you come to your physio. Your pelvic physio appointment. You will talk to your physio. You will tell her what has been happening. So, for a person who says they're having p- pelvic pain, pain with sex, etc., I am suspecting maybe there was some muscular strain or maybe there's some muscular tension, you know, in your pelvic floor. After we chat, what I'll do is do an internal assessment, right? Mm. Um, and this will include uh, sometimes. And obviously, because I'm in Barbados and sometimes when you say rectal exam, people can get very scared, (laughs) right? But depending. So I will, when I did my training, they said you must do a a vaginal and a rectal, but I'm very flexible with patients. I want to be very comfortable, right? So I will say, well, vaginal for sure. And then if I can't find, or if I know I need to go deeper or more to the posterior muscles, I will then do a rectal exam. But when you palpate in there, you can find... The source of your pain, so what you can actually do is try inserting a finger and maybe just doing a little sweep from left to right, and you might be able to determine well, actually, when I do have this pain, it's more on the left, mm. right? Or it's more on the right, or when I get this pain, it also goes down my leg, or it goes to my bum, or you know, you remember just like how we have trigger points in our neck, and sometimes you know, you have a, a tight spot in your neck, and you press it, it, kind of refers pain down to the arm. The yeah. same thing can happen. In your pelvic floor muscles so you can actually go in there and see what you feel i will be checking to see if the tone on one side or like the muscular tension on one side is similar to the other right and then getting feedback from the patient as to is this your pain is this where it's sore things like that and then once you isolate that you can work manually so I will do manual work for my patients, but I also give them homework. Some patients are even open to having their partners come and learn a little bit of how they can help to massage the muscles internally and give the muscles a stretch. Breathing is also very important, Brittany, when you have um, any kind of pelvic pain, because if you can take a big breath, like a diaphragmatic breath, If your diaphragm kind of expands, it will also cause the pressure in your tummy to expand, which gives your pelvic floor muscles a stretch. So things like balloon breathing and stuff like that can be very um, useful. Big breaths into the abdomen.
0: And then as well, I think like mentally too, because after the first time that we tried and it was really painful, Mm -hmm. the second time we tried was almost worse because... I was not relaxed I was like oh my god I know what this is was like I don't want this and it was actually worse because I was way tenser than I was before and everything was tighter than it had ever been yeah and I guess that's because like the same thing you mentioned if you tear a hamstring it ends up sometimes being tighter than it would have been in the first
1: place yeah and Um, when it comes to managing persons who have, um, painful sex, and I'll just try to keep it within the, um, category of, you know, after pregnancy, because there are many reasons why you can have painful sex still related to your pelvic floor, but we're going with after pregnancy, a lot of it, you have to also speak to women and also speak to them, get them to communicate with their partner, which you said you did, which is great. Mm-hmm. but remembering that if you go into it expecting pain you know it is as you said the, you were going in with it the second time expecting it to hurt and so tensing those muscles kind of made it even worse so sometimes a good way to start is having your partner help you massage your muscles and relax your muscles and also exploring I don't know if you did this Brittany like exploring different positions so Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: we we did and really the only one that was okay was missionary. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I try like but I mean, honestly, we didn't we really haven't had a lot of time because he left um to go away back to work. So mm-hmm. when I tell you we haven't had a lot of time to like explore yeah. the different like ways. Yes. I yeah, I mean maybe that's surprising but
1: um so why, why I was a bit surprised is because sometimes missionary is a position that is a bit painful for most people but then it mm. depends also on you know which muscles was going on right yeah um but usually because missionary can be quite penetrative and quite deep yeah. that is also a, a position that People will not prefer and they more prefer like spooning where penetration is not as deep. Yeah, I do. I think we tried that as well. Right. Or um, even like with you on top where you yeah, can control it. it.
0: But we really didn't. It wasn't, I mean, look, it wasn't sexy. Like it wasn't like <laughs> we had some really sexy sex going down. <laughs> it was very much like he was so sweet, you know, really gentle know, and just just like, really. is this okay? How does this feel? And I'm like, oh, I don't know if that feels right you know so it wasn't totally um well why don't we try this position I think we were also just trying to like in a way reconnect to each other a little they got bit you. As well. yeah yeah. but um yeah so there was a lot happening even just like emotionally yeah
1: and
0: you know and I think I also wasn't ready and I, mm-hmm. I kind of spoke about this in my very first um podcast episode which is about intimacy
1: yeah
0: um I don't think I was completely ready to go back into sex. It was about seven, I think it was about seven weeks postpartum, which in my opinion was a bit too early. I feel like six weeks is really not a lot of time, but but somehow that's been what said that you're okay to like start exploring this again. So emotionally and like hormonally, I don't think I was ready, but I felt like I needed to do it like for my partner and he put no pressure on me to do that but I was
1: putting pressure on myself yourself which is looking back do you wish that you hadn't put that pressure on yourself because sometimes I feel women you know as women we put pressure on ourselves that you know is not necessary as you said he was not really pressuring you I'm sure there's some people who who their partners may be pressuring them but sometimes you know they are you know, quite chill and happy for you to take your time. But, you know, we put pressure on ourselves, you know, that's a bit unnecessary.
0: Yeah, it was definitely self-inflicted for sure. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, seven weeks, yeah. I mean, I suppose it all depends because each person is different. Everybody's labor is different. And- Correct.
1: It depends for each person. And I think what you just said is so important for Especially if you have a partner who you and communication is so important when it comes to sex, when it comes to, especially when sex can be painful um, or when you have fears to communicate them because, you know, if you can communicate and say, well, you know, I am not ready, but I'm feeling that you might be thinking we should. And then he might be, you know what, you know, if you're not ready, you can wait a bit more. You know, it might be better for you to wait until you feel ready and then you enter the situation you're more psychologically ready which to me is so important and can um can, can have a direct yeah, a direct yes a direct relationship to how your body responds
0: and so when you're doing these oh well actually question would be at postpartum when yes. is a good time to see you
1: Usually, I would say six weeks. So, you know, six weeks, the reason why, and I know people are like, why six weeks? Everything is six weeks for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually, even in... when you're talking about knees and shoulders, we usually say that soft tissue should heal around six, the six-week mark, right? So that is when things should be healing up for sure. So that's where you would hear that six-week mark coming up a lot. But with that being said, if you have any questions or anything, you can always um, call your, you know, you can always email or whatever and ask questions. Even if you want to come in and just have a session, more informative and educative um that is fine but in terms of pelvic floor no pelvic floor exercises though Brittany you can do up until a few days after pregnancy and also your um, gentle pelvic tilts as you mentioned um like gentle core you know like um not core we're not talking about strenuous exercises but like imagine taking a big breath in and when you exhale just giving a little bit of um activation to your core muscles right? right um but normally I would say you could come and see me around six weeks um, after. Being also mindful, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead or what, in terms mm-hmm. of pelvic floor exercises, are not always the answer. So you might be doing your kegels and realizing this is actually hurting. And I always say if you're doing kegels and they're causing you pain, then you shouldn't be doing them.
0: And in like an ideal world, mm-hmm you would be
1: seeing a pelvic floor physio during pregnancy right that is in an ideal world um and you know i have had patients come to me just to a teach them the exercises because Mm -hmm. many times i mean you can't see your pelvic floor muscles some people don't even know that they exist and if you've ever been to physiotherapy, physios are very hands-on. They're, you know, I'm poking people's abdominals to make sure they're using the abdominals and poking people's glutes and telling them like this is where you should be squeezing, stuff like that. So evidence has shown that if you have your pelvic floor exercises taught by a physio, doing internal palpation, you can isolate them better. And so sometimes when I have patients come to me and you know they're saying, I can't, I don't know what I'm doing, and I go in and I say, like, this is where you should be squeezing you know, something that can change everything, yeah. right, so you can, let's say, in an ideal world, you come, you get an idea of what the pelvic floor exercises are, you get a few exercises to practice at home, some core stuff, you get a little guideline of, you know, what to do, what not to do, also um, do's and don'ts are very important to know um, during pregnancy, so how to get in and out of your car, um, little hacks, like, I remember I had a patient who she was lifting dog food out of a cupboard every day mm. and it was straining her back and her pelvis. And I said, wait, don't you just put your dog food in a smaller container? So you only have to lift <laughs> it out every two weeks, things like that, yeah. you know? Um, so a little hat like that, but an interesting fact is in France, after a woman has had a vaginal delivery, they get, um, I think it's 10 free sessions of pelvic health physio.
0: Ugh, i know
1: <laughs> so and the reason why is that the government has realized that it's cheaper to pay for 10 sessions of pelvic health physio so these women are not incontinent so these women are not having pelvic organ prolapse they're not taking time off work later on they're more productive mm. the government doesn't have to help pay for surgery to rectify pelvic organ prolapse or pay for you know hysterectomy stuff like that so it makes more sense to kind of invest at the stage where you know early on yeah and so even if I guess if I had to choose when women and I mean it might differ for every pelvic health physio but I would probably it'd be great to see women during um, pregnancy but I would say after for sure
0: yeah if you had to choose
1: when if you couldn't come during and after I would choose after right right um, and then you actually just touched on prolapse,
0: which mm-hmm. I think is also very um, unknown. Mm-hmm. So perhaps you could just
1: do a quick explanation of yeah. what uterine prolapse is. Yeah, so you can have three types of prolapse. So you can, prolapse is basically a downward movement. Um, you would have either your bladder moving into the vaginal space. Um, you can have your uterus moving into the vaginal space or your rectum, right? Right um or your lower bowel so as i mentioned before um these organs are connected by ligaments but your pelvic floor muscles also play a part in keeping them supported and then we mentioned you know what happens during pregnancy and delivery that can compromise these muscles that give this support um but what i think speaking to prolapse i think the important thing to really note is again Have a look at, you know, have a look and a feel of what it feels like in your perineum and your vagina so that you know if anything kind of changes. Mm. Because oftentimes when it comes to prolapse, you will hear people, you will hear women say, you know, I feel like a ball, a little ball or I feel heavy or something down there didn't feel right. And they usually notice it when they are uh, washing um, their vagina and their um, private area. They also notice it like after a long day, does it feel very heavy? Um, after they're doing lots of heavy lifting and stuff like that. Um, and the thing also, if you, if you know you're listening to this podcast and you take nothing away, <laughs> at least take this away. That pelvic floor dysfunction happens in one in three women, right? One in three women will have some kind of pelvic floor dysfunction. But People often say it happens to older women. Like they say pelvic organ prolapse happens to older women. And that is not the case. What happens is that it starts when we're younger. Pelvic floor dysfunction starts when we're young. I've had patients who are very young come to me and say, you know, something doesn't feel right. And, you know, they've put it off and they put it off. And, you know, let's say in your 20s, 30s, that something doesn't feel right. The only thing that's happened in that time is that time has elapsed and the problem has gotten worse. It mm-hmm. hasn't happened because you're an old lady. It happened because time has passed between when you first realized it and when it got really bad.
0: Right.
1: So the important thing is, so when you see these changes, to kind of knit the in the bud in the early, go to your gynecologist um, and also mention to them, you can mention to them, you would like to see a pelvic health physio Or you can come straight to the pelvic health physio. Sometimes when women come to me and I notice that they have a prolapse, I will then refer them back to their gynecologist just in case there are other interventions that will help them as well, like a pessary, you know, even if you've heard of a pessary, it's like a little ring that helps to support the organ as well.
0: No. Well, actually maybe I have.
1: Yeah. But do people,
0: because sometimes I know when you're working out, um, some some women have to like insert a ring would that be that Mm -hmm. what that is yeah
1: yeah right okay um but what sometimes women forget is when you have a pessary you still need to have some tone or function or strength in your pelvic floor to keep your pessary in so let's say you start with a small pessary that can um also come out if you're not keeping your pelvic floor strong and then you have to go to a larger pessary and a larger pessary and a larger pessary, which gets more and more uncomfortable. Right. So even mm. when you have a pessary, you want to keep your pelvic floor functioning so that you don't have to be then, you know, going in a lot, going up in sizes um, for your pessary.
0: This is such an
1: informative <laughs>
0: episode. This is great. Like this is so needed, such vital
1: information. I, I hope that I hope that it is coherent because when i get talking about this i can just spew and spew and spew so i hope that it is no you
0: know. it is like it already is like made such a difference to me and i'm gonna have to start like doing these exercises and then yeah as soon as we are out of lockdown i will be looking in to come and see you because yeah. i just yeah I just never honestly never realized and I wish this information was like given to us from our OBs and our midwives and I know I mean we're in Barbados which is a small island but even in places like Canada and and the states it's Mm -hmm. not widely known so it's
1: not widely known but I am hoping that will change
0: yeah I hope so I hope so so if there's anybody out there who is pregnant, like, please take note of this. If you're recently postpartum or even not, like if, as you said, it can, you can go and, and take note of your pelvic floor at any time, like ask around, see so if you can find a pelvic floor physio in your area and, and just go in and, and have a conversation. And even if you can't afford to do that or anything are there any, any little tips that you could give maybe even in this episode? Um, or like Exercises you could try on your own. I mean, we've talked about um, using your fingers and thumbs to stretch the area on the outside. We've talked yeah. about pelvic tilts, um, deep breathing, which I think is a good one. So you're helping wow. contract your core. Any yeah. other little bits of um, information? Let's say
1: you were and i think especially if you have painful you have pelvic pain or you suspect you know what um my incontinence or prolapse could be coming from a tight pelvic floor as i said um which i kind of alluded to a little bit sometimes your pelvic floor dysfunction people often think it's coming from a weak pel, of weak and a pelvic floor that needs strengthening but sometimes it can be a pelvic floor that needs to relax right mm-hmm. and I think one of the most useful things that people women can do on their own is to insert their fingers and get an idea of does this hurt when I insert when I palpate oh, yeah. when I move around here does this and hurt and
0: palpate me? would just be moving around
1: this would be feeling so when right. you go in you're feeling this, the walls almost you're pressing into the walls of the vagina okay right this is how we can feel the muscles on the other side basically of the vagina right, yeah right. um so does this hurt et cetera. i think that is a good place to start because yeah. what i would not want somebody to go away from this podcast and feel is that okay i have incontinence and therefore i have to do kegels because sometimes mm-hmm. that is not the case yeah. You can if your pelvic floor muscles are tight and overactive and you go doing kegels, you can make the situation worse. So yeah. I think a good takeaway is getting accustomed to having a feel of your um pelvic floor muscles. That yeah. would be one big takeaway, I would say. Um what else? Listening to would... your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Literally just gonna say that. Mm-hmm. Like listening to your body and also being very gentle with your body because yes. i know sometimes women um feel timid or shy to touch their vagina yeah. and to touch their vulva and yeah all these different parts of you but just like move slow if you're not quite ready just like yes. take your time for sure and
1: you know um, don't feel
0: pressured thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> you're
1: welcome thank you um thanks for having me
0: and um, please like just give a quick rundown of your maybe your contact information because a lot of my listeners are from Barbados and we mm-hmm. do have listeners from all over the world but um, for you and for my Bajan girls uh-huh. where can they find you to book an appointment.
1: So you can go, my website is mindfulmovementbarbados.com. So you can go on there and you will find um, all of my info. You can also look in the yellow pages or you can look um, online or in the phone book, mindful movement, um, pelvic health, physiotherapy. Um, my practice is located in Top Rock, right? Um, you can also ring me at work. Uh, I've almost forgot the number. I haven't been there so long uh, because of the whole COVID. <laughs> 271-6320 but if you look for me in the phone book mindful movement in the physical therapy section or as I said go on my website mindful movement barbados uh, when you get there you can navigate to the pelvic health page and have a peep there's also yoga up there so always feel free to email or call um, if you call the clinic and I'm not there Oftentimes, you know, Suzette will give uh, me your info and I'll call you back. But always happy to um, chat and educate over the phone or via email. Um, Always, always happy to do that. So do not even feel any apprehension about calling and asking a question.
0: No, oh, thank you so much for that. I think also it's just nice to offer that support, you know, yeah. of this information over the phone and. For sure. and- you know, doing this podcast and taking the time to give your valuable insight and knowledge in this area. It's so appreciative. I am so appreciative of it. Honestly, like this has been such a struggle for me and my body and I feel disconnected in that area. Uh Uh So I'm really looking forward to sort of building that connection back and then also just building that connection back with my partner when that time comes again. So
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, as you said, oftentimes it's about um, connecting and building an awareness. Sometimes learning the anatomy and then kind of visualizing it can help. It's just sometimes, as you said, it's a disconnect. And a lot of times my patients, um, especially with endometriosis and stuff, they'll say, I feel like I can't connect to my pelvis, and that in itself can, you know, know, kind of hinder their progress. So you just made a huge point about, you know, connecting first, taking time to connect. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank and I hope too. that hope you ladies enjoyed I'm sure they will. I very yeah, much enjoyed it. Thank this. you to everybody <laughs> who tunes in and listens. Awesome. All right. Well we will end it right here. Yeah, thank you. That's a wrap on this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us and I can't wait to continue to bring these wonderful stories to your life. Meet Me Downstairs will always be a platform that supports and honors moms in whatever shape or form that they are in. So we can't wait to just continue this wonderful epic journey together. All the best and we will chat with you on the next episode.